chapter 4. My time is moving. We want to get to the communion table. But I want to look at what God would have for us today, Joshua chapter 4. We're going to begin at verse number 1. I think read through 3, and then we'll drop down to verse number 19. Joshua chapter 4, beginning at verse number 1, we find these words. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Dropping down to verse number 19. It says, Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Amen. Let them know. Let them know. Let them know. Tell your neighbor, let them know. Tell your other neighbor, let them know. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Speak to us, O oh God, even now in this moment. Holy Spirit, we trust you, O oh God, to give us what we need. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in God's presence. Let them know. <laughs> Black History Month, you know, we're celebrating. And for those of us who know the history in this nation, it's important for us to remember where God has brought us from and where this nation has come from. You know, and, and being in this Washington, D.C. area, we have a couple of benefits. We have some museums and things here. And one of the things that we have is the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial, which is in Washington, D.C. Was, I believe it was established in 2011. And it reminds us of our past fight, you know, for equality, our past fight for a lot of things in this nation and reminds us of the victories that have been won. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, he wanted freedom for everybody. He had vision for a democracy where we could all take part in moving forward and opportunity for everyone. Not just opportunities for the limited, not just the wealthy or one of a certain ethnicity, but we had opportunities for everyone. And when we see it, it is not just a reflection of our past, but it also helps fuel our future. You know, I, down there, he, they take a caption from his famous speech, I Have a Dream speech. He says, out of the mountain of despair, 
a stone of hope. So it's not just what happened in the past, but we can have hope moving forward that we can still have victories. And we got to remember that it wasn't built accidentally, but it was built intentionally with hard work and effort to remind us that the fight continues. How many realize that the fight continues, right? The fight still continues, and there's so much more worth fighting for, all right? And the same thing is true in our walk with God. You know, sometimes we need to have milestones or monuments that are erected to remind us of where God has brought us from and to inform our future about where we are going. So we have to really build those monuments, and we've got to let them know. Joshua chapter 4, we've been coming out of Joshua. The children of Israel have now crossed into the promised land. They've crossed over the Jordan. So for years, they were in the desert. They were in the wilderness. The wilderness is really about a proving ground. It's a testing ground uh, that the people were proved there. God proved himself. And so they went out of, as an engineer would say, they went out of phasing or, 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 or testing produ into actual production. They went from the trial basis to now going into being utilized. And so they were not in the testing phase of their life anymore. They were now in the place where they can go and be productive. They were in a place where they can start living the life that Christ actually died for, the living the life that they were purposed to be. And that's what we got to think about. We got to live this life that Christ purposed for us and absolutely nothing less. We We've got to start experiencing the promises of God. I'm saying I don't want to just hear about the promises of God. I really want to start experiencing the promises of God. If there's really hope in God, I really want to experience that. If there's really power in God, I really want to experience that. I don't, you don't buy something just to read about it, right? You buy something so that you can experience it for yourself. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm wanting to see the power of God, the joy of God, the strength of God manifested in my life. Seeing my life radically transformed from, from a person that was broken from a person that was not hopeful, from a person that was prideful, seeing what God can do in your life to be all you can be. Am I talking to anybody? That's what this is about. It's about experiencing what God has for us. So the crossing of the Jordan was, was a miracle because you can't cross the Jordan by yourself. You need God to do some things. Crossing the Jordan is a miracle. They crossed the Red Sea uh, to get into the wilderness. That was a miracle. God had to part the waters through Moses. But to get to where God was taking them, God had to still perform a miracle for them. He had to part the Jordan. He had to allow them to cross the Jordan. So we got to remember that it took a miracle to get us saved, right? Call on somebody. We did not save ourselves, right? We couldn't save ourselves. It was something that only God can do. But in order to experience where God has taken you, you still need God to open some doors for you, to, to bring you past some challenges, to bring you past some personal issues that you may have in your life to be able to experience what God has for you. And here we see that God had did it. He made a way for them. He allowed them to cross over the Jordan, and now they were on the banks of the promised land. But God tells his children, listen, before you go off and start conquering, before you start taking what's yours, before you start living this blessed life, you need to do something. You need to, one, you need to build a memorial so that you can always remember the Lord your God. So you got, you got to build a memorial before you go out conquering stuff because you always need to remember the Lord your God. And so in chapter 3, he had told them to identify 12 men, one man from each tw uh, of the tribes. There were 12 tribes of Israel. He said, identify one man. And so in chapter 4, we see that Joshua tells them by God's command that each of you 12 men are to go back into the Jordan. So you got to remember, they came through the Jordan. The priests are still holding up the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, in the Jordan. He tells these 12 men, go back into the Jordan 
to pick up a stone and bring it back on this side of the shore. So the Bible says that these 12 men, they went back into the Jordan, and they said they did one thing. They built up a small memorial in the Jordan itself, right? But then they were obedient to do what God told them to. They all, each man picked up a stone and carried it on his shoulder and brought it back to Gilgal, which was where they were standing in the promised land. And the Bible says that once they had done that, right, all the people had already crossed through. The 12 men went back, did it, get the stones, came out, but the priests were still standing there. So the Bible said that once they had gone through that, God commanded the priests to come out of the Jordan. Right. And so once the priest had stepped onto the dry land where in the promised land, the Bible says that the Jordan waters begin to flow back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the miracle was now complete. So we follow the sequence that God's presence went before them. Right. Then the people then followed through after God's presence. The people went in, got the stones, came back. And then the, the God's presence came up out the Jordan and then the Jordan closed. Are you following with me? The waters went back. Here is a point that we want to take and always remember that God's presence is for moving forward in his will, not for going back to ours. Okay? The power of God's presence is for moving forward in his will and not for going back to ours. It was God's presence that allowed them to get to where they were. And we got to remember it's God's presence that allows us to get to where we are. We get to a place where we can be prosperous and blessed in God because of what God has done. And he allowed it to happen. That's why he let his presence go before them. But I'm here to just remind us that if you want to go back to the wilderness, if you want to go back to the place where you were, because sometimes when we're living for God, we have this tendency to want to go back. Come on, am I being honest with somebody? But the presence of God is not designed to take you back. The presence of God is designed to take you forward, okay? So you ain't going to get God's help going backwards. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're trying to go back, you got to go back at your own risk, and you're going to go back in your own power. But I hope I'm, I'm talking to a church that does not want to go back. I'm just reminding us. We got to want to go forward in what God has for us. We got to be determined that I'm not going back. It's the old stories of, of the war guys who would come to a shore by boat. When they would tell their, their people, listen, we got to burn the boats, right? Because we got to remind ourselves that we're not going back. In other words, we're going to fight and we're going to win or we're going to die trying. But one thing that we're not doing is we're not going back. I hope I'm talking to a church that's decided to follow Jesus, all right? And since we've already decided to follow Jesus, we got to realize I don't care how difficult it gets that we're not going back. We've got to solidify in our hearts. We've got to solidify in our minds that we're going to move forward. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to somebody that's thinking about going back. And God is saying, no, pursue what God has for you moving forward. I'm not going back. Somebody say, not going back. We've got to go forward. There's something about that because God's presence is not going, taking us back. I don't know if you realize that. If you ever tried to go and do something that, that you're not supposed to be doing, God's presence ain't helping you. Have you ever been there before? Well, you're trying to work something in your own strength because God's presence is not helping you. Don't go back. Tell your neighbor, don't go back. Move forward. So the, 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 the Jordan was back. It was a barrier. They couldn't go back. They needed to go forward. In counseling, one of the things that I like to do is have somebody bring a picture of when they were in a happy place. 
or when they were in a good place. And I asked them, I look at the picture, and we say, what happened to that person? Right? And then you start getting a story about how they got from that person to where they are now. Been through some hell and high water. Come on, somebody. Been through some broken relationships. Been through some disappointment. Been through some abuse. Come on. Been through some hard times. Been through some frustration. Been broke. Come on in here, somebody. Been through some stuff. There's a story that happens of how the person got there. But then I say to them, do you actually believe that you can get back to this place where you were once happy? Look at yourself. Do you believe that you can get back there? See, but you got to have a picture, right, of yourself. You got to have something to remind you of a place where things were good. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, building a memorial provides a tangible place to remember that God is with you. See, this is what he was telling you. You got to build a memorial because you got to remember that God is with you. We got to understand that walking with God is not easy. And so sometimes in the church, we try to make it seem like walking with God means your life is going to be easy. It's going to be a better ease. But you got to understand that that is far from the truth. When you walk with God, you've got a determined enemy that's trying to kick your butt and to kill you off the face of this earth. Right? Forget about all the natural things that are happening. There are spiritual demons. There are assignments of, of, of fallen angels that are assigned to try to trip you up and to keep you from being. See, see, you're getting ready to take what they own. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, see the children of Israel were getting ready to take uh, occupy land that people were already living in. You see what I'm saying? And if you think that you're going to get that easily, it's not going to happen. If you think that the enemy is going to just allow you to have peace, guess what? It's not going to happen. If you think the enemy is just going to allow you to live in the joy of the Lord, guess what? That's not going to happen. If you think that the enemy is just going to let you go to the will of God without a fight, it's not going to happen. we got to realize that we've signed up for a war. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, he's telling you, we have a warfare that we are in. Our weapons are not natural, but they're mighty through God. But it is a war. Come on, getting your family on track, guess what? That is a war. Getting your finances in order, guess what? That is a war. Getting yourself out of the place of depression, guess what? That is a war. Ephesians 6, 11, 10, 11 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why do we need the whole armor of God? Because the devil's going to start shooting some stuff our way. He's going to start shooting some ideology our way. He's going to start shooting, go back. Just go back. It's too hard. Go back. It ain't worth it. Go back. Go back. He's going to shoot some stuff our way. But we got to have all the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. We got to put on Jesus to be able to stand the wiles of the devil, the tricks of the enemy, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life that are designed to destroy us. Are you hearing what we're saying today? It's a war, 
But we got to realize that the victory is never in doubt. See, when you're a believer, it's not that we're not, we're going to win. It's the fight that we've got to get through. We got to remember that I'm going to win in the end. Hold on, somebody. That if God is on my side, I shall win in the end. It's not a matter of if I'm going to win. It's going when I'm going to win. But, but I've got to hang on till I get to the win. See, I've got to have a right mind till I get to the win. I've got to have a right disposition until I get to my place of victory, to what God has for me. I've got to push. I've got to fight till I get there. I can't drop in the middle. <laughs> Building a memorial provides a tangible place to remember that God is with me because it's not always easy. So I'm here to encourage us this. Take the time, energy, and money to produce a memorial. Take the time the energy, and the money to actually produce a memorial. And I'm talking about something you can see. See, if your marriage has gone through some hell and high water, right, but God has brought you to a place where he's killed your pride or he's put your pride down, you're able to actually have something that you've gotten through, you got to memorialize that place. See what I'm saying? I'm saying, like, go get you a picture frame, take a picture, right, and put a scripture on it that memorializes this moment. You need to go to one of them art places together and do some art together and make a vase or, or make something that you can put there to memorialize this moment. Because guess what? The rough times will come back again. They, they just will, right? And, and you're going to need to be able to see something that God has done. Come on in here, somebody. That God has done something for you. <laughs> See, if you're an angry person, right, and God has helped deliver you out of this anger, right, you got to memorialize that thing. You, you got to go get a rock outside. I don't care what you do. Put some paint on it. You see what I'm saying? And I said, God has delivered me, right? And put that rock in your bookshelf so that, that you can see it from time to time to remember what God has done for you. If you were failing in school and, and it, it took you so long to just be able to get to a place to graduate, see, that's why you got your diploma that you put on the wall. See, you got to remind yourself it's, it's something tangible. It's something solid. It's something that you can see to remind yourself about what God has done in your life. Because it's a struggle to get to these moments. It's a struggle to get to these places. And guess what? We make a lot of mistakes along the way. Am I talking to anybody? We don't messed up, screwed up, did all kinds of stuff the wrong way, but God has been gracious through us to give us another chance, another opportunity, uh, opportunity after opportunity to get things to where he wants us to be. And we got to remember that. I'm reminded of King David. King David made a mistake. He made a grave mistake. The Bible says that there, there was war going on, but David, instead of trusting God, he decided to take a census of the people, right? He wanted to count how many people he had, but God never told him to do that. So the Bible says that God was angry with him, and he had a plague to go over the people. And, and many people died because of David's mistake. And sometimes we've got to realize our mistakes do cost. Come on, somebody. It may not be a physical death, but our mistakes do cost. They cost our children. Come on and hear somebody. It cost our spouse. Come on, somebody. It cost those around us. And so people had died, and David was sorry about it. So he, he, God said to him, you can actually make an altar to me, and, I, and I'll let it go. I'll, I'll forgive you. I'll move forward. So David said, yeah, this is great. So he went to a threshing floor, which is he had to build this altar. But it wasn't his threshing floor. But the guy who owned the threshing floor 
said, King David, man, I, I see you're going to do this for the people because people are dying. Here you go. Here, you can, you can have the altar. But David said, no, 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 no. He says in verse 24, he says, then the king said to Aruna, which is what's his name, he says, no, but I will surely buy it. Come on in here. He says, I will surely buy it from you for a price, nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. In other words, David was saying, I'm not going to give God something that costs me absolutely nothing. See, I got to feel this cost so that I can remember this place that I've been in. See, it will cost you something, but it's worth it. <laughs> the monument will cost you something, but it's worth it. When the men had to pick up the stone, they had to pick up the stone and carry it on their shoulder. Think about this. You'd already, you already made it to the other side. But now he's telling you to go back. And there's a whole bunch of water here that could seem to me could fall at any time. See what I'm saying? They had to go back, pick up a stone, and carry it. It cost them something. It cost them time. It cost them energy. But God realized he wanted it to cost something so that they can remember. The cost will help you remember. So when you build your monument, build a monument that costs you something. I'm not saying it has to make you go broke, but you need to remember Come on, somebody. We've got to remember what God has done. Because if he did it before, <laughs> he can do it again. See, because in the battle of life, it gets difficult. Can we just be honest in here? It gets difficult. But sometimes we start drifting back to our own ways. You know what I'm talking about? So, like, if, you, if you're taking a journey and you've gone this way and you see a milestone or you see something, right, when you get lost and when you see that milestone, it can get you back on track, right? I've seen this before. That's what he's talking about. When you start to go backwards, God will show you what you built back up to remind you that he brought you before and he can bring you again. You see what I'm saying? That when I get to a place where I seem like I'm going down, when I see that thing, guess what? It reminds me if he did it before, he can do it again. Come on in here. When you and your spouse are fighting like cats and dogs once again, right? When you go back and you see that picture from five years ago when he brought you through that one time, it can remind you that if he did it before, you can do it again, right? When you're in grad school to get your master's degree and you're struggling about ready to drop out, right? When you look at your undergraduate degree, come on in here, somebody. That frame that you bought to put it in, you remember that if he did it before, he can do it again. Come on, somebody. When you look at that picture, bank you bought to remind you that when you was broke, right, you could barely pay your rent, but then God made a way for you. He opened up increase for you. When you get into hard times again, when you get into challenges again, when you see that piggy bank sitting on your desk, it can remind you that if he did it before, he can do it again. And all I got to do is persevere and continue to pursue after his way. But the God who brought me out before is the same God who can meet me right here, and he's not lost any power. Build a monument, church. Build it. Build it. Put it there. Literally, put it there so that you can see what God has done. We got to mark the season in our life. We got to mark the season in our life. We got to put something up to remind us of what God has done. I'm running out of time. I got to get moving. Listen, a memorial will let your enemies know that God is with you. 
<laughs> Come on in here. The memorial is not just for you, but your memorial will let them know. Let your enemies know that God is with you. See, the, 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 the people in Canaan, the Bible says they were scared in chapter 6. We ain't read it yet, but we're going to get there. They were scared because the children of Israel had come through the Jordan. In other words, they didn't see what God had done, and they, were, they knew they was defeated already. You see what I'm saying? And so every time you're going through, when your enemy sees that memorial, <laughs> your enemy knows that, oh boy, I'm in trouble now. See what I'm saying? See, I, I don't mess with the wrong person. You got to remind them. So that enemy, look, you can look at this. See, God has done this before. And the Bible says that he, you need to let them know that his hand is mighty and his hand is strong. See, and God's not going to slap the mess out of me. He's going to slap the mess out to you. So you better back up. I'm his child. I'm the one that he's won. I'm the one that put my faith in him. His hand ain't going to crush me, but you better watch out because the God I serve, he's bigger and better. He's God all by himself. And he's getting ready to slap the mess out of you because you messed with the wrong person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You better let your enemy know. You better take a look at that piggy bank because you think this poverty thing going to take me out, but it ain't. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. God's mighty. So you got to let the enemy know that God is on your side. <laughs> the enemy's not scared of us. He's scared of God. See what I'm saying? That's why the more God we have, the more he's in fear because he knows he's defeated. He was defeated on the cross 2,000 years ago. He has no chance against God. And God's hand is still powerful. His hand is still mighty. His hand is still strong. Somebody say, let him know. You got to let him know because the memorial will let your children know. <laughs> See, this is what God said. He says, and when your children see this, they're going to, to let you know. He didn't say if they see it. He said when they see it. So in other words, your children are going to ask you about what this means. In other words, we got to get ready to testify to a generation about what this thing really means. We got to be able to tell the story about what God has done for us in our life. When your ch grandchildren walk into your house and they see that crooked picture of that frame you and your husband made, they're going to say, that looks crazy. What's that all about? Baby, sit down. Let me tell you a story. When your grandfather was acting crazy in the streets, drinking all kind of alcohol, coming home all kind of night, and I didn't know what I was going to do. Baby, I got down on my knees and prayed. I went to church and faithfully before the Lord, and I still ministered to him even though he was acting like a fool. But God did a work in his life. God brought him in. It wasn't in my time, but it was in God's time. And when God did that thing, he started walking with me. We started going to church together. And so on our 30th anniversary, we went and made this crooked frame to remind us of the goodness of God, baby. And so when your little Jack the boyfriend start acting crazy, you got to remember that God can save him just like he saved your grandfather. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to let him know that there's a God that can do more and there's still a bomb in Gilead. <laughs> Come on in here, somebody. You got to let your children know. Even when the children have come into this building, we got to let them know what this is all about. <laughs> this is not just a fancy building that we decided to put up because we thought we was cute <laughs> and we wanted to be the hottest church in the county and the hottest church in the city. No, God made a way. God put 30 acres of land in our hand that nobody could have done. It wasn't us. It wasn't that we had deep pockets, but God made a way. And so this place means salvation.
salvation for all who would come to Jesus Christ. Uh, this means deliverance uh, for people who need to be delivered from drugs, alcohol, low self-esteem or whatever. This place means healing for those that are hurt, uh, for those that are broken, for those that may be sick in body. This place means purpose and destiny for those that were lost. I once was lost, but now I'm found. T'was blind, but now I see. This place means that there's hope. Like Martin Luther King said, it's a stone of hope. We can look at it and see that God did it before, and God will do it again. We got to let him know. I got to go, see, because oftentimes when we get through, we want to celebrate. Come on here, somebody. We want the music playing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We like to dance and celebrate, and I'm all for celebrations. Come on, somebody. We can take about two minutes right now just to celebrate the goodness of God in our lives. Somebody's encouraged today. Somebody's motivated today. God made a way for somebody. Somebody got a promotion this week. Somebody got a good doctor's report this week. Somebody's battling through what they're going through. Somebody relationship got better this week. Uh, somebody's child called them this week that hadn't called them in months. Uh, somebody's gotten something for something, and we've got to celebrate. Uh, we got to praise God. We got to open up our mouth and shabbat the Lord. We got to give him glory because of what he's done. Uh, we got to magnify him for what he's doing. <laughs> it might not be you, but you got to celebrate with somebody else uh, because if he did it for them, he can do it for you. We love the dance. Come on, somebody. We love the shout. We love the rejoice. We love it all. If you didn't dance, you ain't shout. We got to move on. This time's over. But the dance and the shout will stop. And you will go home. But when, when you build something that will last, that's not going to stop. You're always going to be able to see it. Because if you're not dancing now, you can look at it and start dancing then. It will remind you that I was dancing at ICOG. In February of 2020, I had my shout. I was moving. I was dancing. And yeah, I'm not there now, but I'm going to dance again. Because the God that did it before... The God that did it before, he can do it again. I'm going to let all y'all know. <laughs> Satan, I'm going to let you know. God is on my side. Children, I'm going to let you know. God is on my side. Church, I'm going to let you know. God is on my side. You got to let him know. Before you get your stuff, you got to build a memorial because you don't want to forget about God. See what I'm saying? When you got a lot of money in your pocket, you better not forget about God. When you got a fancy car in your driveway, you better not forget about God. When your marriage is going on nice and happy, don't you forget about God. When you walk off that stage with your PhD, don't you dare forget about God. It's God who brought you through. He did it! <laughs> this is why 
how we even have this communion table. It's not for a fourth Sunday ritual. We need to see the sacrifice that our Lord and Savior did for us so that we can have a right to the tree of life. We need to see it. We need to taste it in our mouths. Come on, somebody. We need to let the blood come, the, the juice come trickling down on the inside of us to remind us if it had not been for the blood of Jesus Christ, we would not, there would be no salvation. There would be no hope. There would be no tomorrow. There would be no destiny, no eternity in Christ. We need to see it. And let him know. Yeah. We got to let him know. We got to let him know. We got to let him know. Amen. Amen. Is there somebody here today in the same attitude of gratitude? Is there somebody here today that does not know the Lord Jesus? Somebody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sin? This is the most important part of our service. We're here, we're worshiping together. But is there somebody here that says, I want to accept Jesus? I realize today that I'm a sinner. I haven't been walking with God. But more importantly, I realize that Jesus is the answer. He's a savior. He took my place. It should have been me. I should have been dead without hope. But he died on a cross. He took my sin and forgave me and allowed me to have righteousness. If that's you today, I want you to come at this time. We just want to celebrate.